in the first row of the balcony. After some words were shared and the last song was sung, the crowd gave Anthony Armstrong and the choir a standing ovation. And when the clapping had stopped, Anthony's mom shouted out from the balcony, that's my boy. And then Anthony turned and pointed towards his mom and said, and that's my mom. Everyone, of course, clapped again. It was a playful exchange between a mom and her boy. But also quite beautiful, I think. I don't know if we take enough time uh, to point out the people that matter to us and to do that publicly. I was thinking about this exchange between Anthony and his mom as I pondered the meaning and purpose of Psalm 138. The psalmist who wrote this psalm, perhaps King David, he's so thankful. He's amazed that the Lord has looked upon him and has answered his call. He's so grateful that the God of Israel has emboldened him in the midst of his trials, protected him from the wrath of his enemies. And so publicly, he points to the heaven, heavens and he says, that's my God. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. David is bursting with gratitude in the opening three verses of this psalm, just filled with praise. The most common Hebrew word for praise in the Old Testament is halal or hallelujah. To halal someone is to boast about that person, to to talk them up, to uh, just Share how awesome that person is. So when we praise, we are simply boasting about God. That's what we did in our first song this morning. How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? David doesn't use halal in Psalm 138, but he uses a similar word, but it has a different sort of nuance. The word is yada. To yada someone is, is to point them out, to shine a spotlight on them. The goal is that others would come to see their greatness and join you in adoration and admiration. So David is pointing out, he's highlighting God, he's shining the light on him with these words. In addition to standing and pointing, David is also kneeling and bowing down. This too is a way of giving attention to someone else. When you bow to someone, you make that person bigger. It's a symbolic gesture. This person, you are saying, he or she must become more, and I must become less. It's, you're showing the difference in authority between this person and yourself. So as David is pointing, he's also bowing. God must become greater. He has the authority. And David is doing all this pointing and bowing with all his heart, we're told, and in a public way before the gods. Before the gods, I will sing your praise, David says. I wonder, what is meant by this? Before the gods. After doing some reading, I I, I think David is simply talking about praising God before the other powers that be in the Middle East. He's talking about uh, the kings of Moab and their deities, Pharaoh and the deities of Egypt. Before the world religions, I praise your name. Before Baal and Asherah poles, I praise your name. Publicly, 
I, make a testi- I testify and I shine the light on you. This is not something we talk about all that often, but I think it's important to think about. And that is that when we gather together in public worship, we are engaging in public witness. What we do here on Sunday morning, Sunday mornings, it's a, it's a political act. In this public space, we gather to declare through word and song that our world belongs to God. Before bankers and billionaires, presidents and prime ministers, we say, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. We pray, Christ is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This, of course, doesn't get us into much trouble here in Canada, at least not yet, but elsewhere in the world to gather for public worship, to publicly testify that Christ is king, it gets you in trouble. In 2018, a Chinese house church pastor named Wang Yi was hauled off to prison by the communist authorities. Figuring that this would happen at some point, Yi had a a letter ready to go. He told his church to publish it should he ever be arrested. Uh, Yi's letter is a profound piece of public witness. It's breathtaking, really. I suggest you read his letter in full. It's easily found online. Yi concludes his letter with this statement of praise before the gods of communist China. He says, Jesus is the Christ, son of the eternal living God. He died for sinners and rose to life for us. He is my king and the king of the whole earth yesterday, today, and forever. I am his servant and I am imprisoned because of this. I will resist in meekness those who resist God, and I will joyfully violate all laws that violate God's law. That's what it looks like to shine a light on God with your whole heart before the gods. Public witness. Now, Jesus warns us to be careful about practicing our faith in public. For if we aren't careful, we can start doing it to earn the applause of our peers. We can start doing it for show, and that, of course, defeats the purpose. But there's a ditch on the other side of the road, too, and that is the error of keeping our faith entirely within, never to shine the light on God at all uh, in a public way. How will others come to know about the greatness of our God if their Christian neighbors never take the time to shine the light on God? How will the other kings of the earth come to worship the Lord as David so desires in this psalm if David doesn't praise the Lord publicly before them? I think Stan Mast is correct in his conclusion on this point. Our praise then, he writes, must be born in the secret depths of our heart, but it must not be kept secret. Both secrecy and superficiality are enemies of proper praise. So, so far we know that the psalmist is filled with gratitude and that he's promising to shine the light on God and he's doing that with his whole heart and he's doing it in a public way. But why is this so? What is the source of the psalmist's praise? There are few reasons given in the psalm. The first reason has to do with God's character, with God himself, his love and his faithfulness. Essentially, David is praising the Lord because he believes that God's worth it, that God is worthy of praise. There isn't anyone higher that you can boast about, so I'm going to shine the light on him 
He is worth it. And how does David know that God is worth it? Well, because God is filled with love and faithfulness. He is loyal to the covenant. Long ago, this God took Abraham aside and made a promise to him. He says, you, Abraham, you are mine and I am yours. I will be your God and your descendants. They're going to be my people. I'm going to give them this land. I'm going to make them a blessing to the world. And when Abraham's descendants were slaves in Egypt, God heard their cries. God came to the rescue. And with his mighty arm, he split the Red Sea. With his generous hand, he sustained the people in the wilderness. And when the time was right, he displayed his power before the nations and gave Abraham's children the land he had promised them. That's, that's my God, David says publicly. The other nations had their gods too, but they weren't like the Lord. They weren't faithful to the covenant, this, this uh, just deeply loyal. Their gods were high above, but they didn't concern themselves with things below. If you wanted their attention, you had to try to manipulate them into action through sacrifices. But not so with the God of Israel. He always stayed true to his word and true to his promises. And that worked both for good for Israel and for ill sometimes. Because when Israel followed in the ways of the Lord, God blessed them. But when Israel departed from the ways of the Lord, God said, I have to be true to my word and punish, send you off to exile. God is 100% reliable. And how much more worthy of praise does God become when we consider not just his covenant with Israel, but his covenant of mercy shown in Christ, the rest of the story in Christ, God actually made a home among the lowly. In Christ, he stretched out his mighty hand to rescue us from the twin enemies of sin and death. I mean, the loyal love of the Lord, is it not so perfectly seen in the cross of Christ? Jesus took upon himself the sin of the whole world, he bore the consequences of human rebellion and pride. He took upon himself the, the curses of the covenant so that you and I could be restored to, to full communion with our creator through faith in his finished work. That's our God. Love and faithfulness. Complete reliability. I know it can be hard to praise God sometimes. I mean, when we're thinking about all that he has done, it, it sort of comes naturally, but sometimes we have really, really difficult seasons of life, trials, a tough few years. Sometimes it makes it hard to come to church and sing with your whole heart. I find it helpful to know that King David wrote as many lament psalms as he did psalms of praise. So if today you're having a hard time praising God with your whole, your whole heart, know that you're in good company. But I do hope that through the sorrow, you can catch a good glimpse of and be reminded of the faithful God who has loved you into his kingdom through his son. He has the whole world in his hands and he is not going to let it go. He is not going to let you go until he's made this world and you completely new 
and wiped all the tears from your eyes. Hold on to the victory amidst the struggle and continue to praise. The second reason that David praises the Lord with his whole heart in this psalm, it's, it's personal. When I called, he, he writes, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. Of course, we know from the story that God didn't answer all the prayers in King David's life. At least he didn't answer them in the way David always wanted them to be answered. But he did answer this one. And I wonder, what prayer did the Lord answer in this situation? I don't think we know exactly. But we do know that the result of this answered prayer was an emboldened spirit. The Hebrew in this phrase is a little tricky to translate, and translated woodenly, it says something like this, you made me bold in my life with strength. Another translation says, you energized me, and I like that. This strengthening, this energizing, it, it could have been the result of, of, of David having his prayer answered. Sometimes, I mean, when, you're, when you pray and God comes to the rescue, it's it fills you with just boldness to, to keep at it and to keep going in your relationship with him. Um, so that could be how, how, the, how this works in this situation. Um, but it could also be, I think, uh, perhaps what David was praying for specifically, praying for himself, that God would make him strong, that he would energize him in the midst of his trials, in the presence of his ener- enemies, Lord, make me bold. Energize me as I seek to worship you and to shine a light on you before the gods. Fill me up with your spirit. Make me bold. Whatever the case, it's clear that David's troubles haven't entirely gone away. He still has has enemies to deal with. He still has a journey that goes through trials. Those things aren't taken away, but, but now he's emboldened for that journey. The Lord's presence is with him. He feels that strength of soul. To be strong in the Lord, to be strong in the Lord, how powerful and important is that? I mean, I pray for strength a lot. We can handle a lot of trials, a lot of tough days when we are emboldened and strengthened by the Lord's power. I think of the early church and as they began their ministry in Jerusalem, it wasn't long before the authorities tried to shut that movement down and a few uh, apostles are thrown into prison. What does the church community do? They, they gather in Jesus' name and they don't say, Lord, make these trials go away. They say, Lord, give us boldness in the midst of these trials that we might bear witness to your gospel in this time and place. Boldness. And I was thinking, as I was thinking about boldness, and maybe not to shine the light on Ashley too much, that's happening tonight, um, but next week we're going to be praying for Ashley uh, specifically, laying our hands on her, and of course we'll be asking that God opens up doors in Edmonton, that he prepares the way. I think specifically, we'll be praying for empowerment, boldness for Ashley, 
as she continues to take these steps of faith that she feels like God has called her to take, boldness, to be go with the strength of the Lord, so important. As I mentioned, I've been praying for strength of soul for myself lately, uh, to be energized by God. Uh, perhaps it's just four little kids at home that tucker me out and I need uh, superhuman strength, it feels, to make it through the day. But I think also, too, I, in general, often feel quite weak and timid as a person. I pray for strength. God's been ministering his grace to me uh, this summer in a few specific ways. I'll share one of them to finish this sermon. I had a soul-strengthening moment recently, and it happened at um, a Rachel Ann's dad's fun- funeral service that took place at Church of Our Lord. Uh, as many of you know, Doug Patstone, Rachel Ann's dad, passed away of a sudden heart attack in August, and the funeral service was just a few weeks ago, and I, I was able to go. And I don't know exactly when it started, but, but as the service progressed, I had uh, this profound experience of being held by God. Um, I actually felt like it wasn't just me. I felt like God was holding the whole place, but I felt it acutely. Um, and it wasn't an embrace necessarily, just a, a holding, a security I've got you. You're standing on my firm foundation here in the midst of this suffering, in the midst of this difficult time. I've got you. You're with me. And in those moments, I think, uh, personally, I experienced something of what Paul means when he says in Colossians 3 that, that I have died with Christ and now my life is hidden with Christ in God. I don't think I've ever understood that before, but I experienced something that made me uh, uh, come to a deeper appreciation of that verse. The final hymn during the service uh, was the anthem, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. And just a a few lines I'd like to share. Stand Stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, dare not trust your own. And then the final verse, stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next the victor's song. To those who vanquish evil, the crown of life shall be. They with the king of glory shall reign eternally. Seem to put a a nice exclamation mark on my experience, what I was feeling. And so I stood there at, at the end of the service, just in silence with my eyes closed And when I opened my eyes, the first thing I noticed was a stained glass window at the center of Church of Our Lord's Sanctuary. Those Anglicans have stained glass. It's amazing. Anyway, I opened my eyes, and there was the stained glass, and it was a picture of Jesus, the good shepherd, holding a sheep under his arm. That's my God. which God would turn and respond and say, and these are my beloved people. So I say to you today, take heart. Be energized. 
The Lord is faithful and strong, and he will not abandon the work of his hands. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I mentioned at the beginning of the service that we gather under your lordship, Jesus, um, testifying that yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And I pray, Lord, that the people in the sanctuary would um, not just be able to say that with their lips, but experience it deep in their hearts. Just that stability of knowing who you are and the steadfastness of your love and faithfulness. And we pray, Lord, now that you embolden us with your spirit. Where there is weakness, fill us with strength. Not strength, our own strength, but your strength. So we might bear witness in a public way with our whole heart that others might come to see and know who you are and enter the joy that you give. We delight in the reality that though you are high and lifted up, Lord Jesus, that you take special care of the lowly, those who are poor in spirit. Who is like you, O Lord? You're our God. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand. Let's sing together, Behold Our God.